Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 37. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a Lesson Companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word, Lesson Manual, or Student Workbook and turn to Lesson number 5, intended for January 3rd, 2021, the lesson entitled, God Will Restore. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, before we look into God's Word, you can go ahead and turn there and hold your place if you'd like. We'll be looking at these scriptures in just a moment. You can turn to Zephaniah chapter 3, Zephaniah chapter 3, and the book of Acts chapter 2. Zephaniah chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2. Their family car was a 1970 lime green Ford Falcon XA Superbird. Tommy and his mom and dad loved that car. They drove everywhere in that car until until one night Tommy's dad lost control and rolled the car into a ditch not far from their family farm. Since he did not, did not have insurance, he left it on the farm sitting right where he wrecked it. And there it remained for the next 40 years until... One day, Tommy decided to have the former family car restored. Parts were rare and expensive, so so was labor. And in 2017, few knew how to restore a 1970 Ford Falcon to its former glory. But Tommy found a dynamic duo of mechanics willing to take on the task. They worked for months, shipping the car from one shop to another, shopping from, from one part after another, and doubtless there were days when the project seemed like it would stall, but Tommy and his team kept shipping, shopping, looking, buying, working, and restoring until after several months and $71,000, the shop called Tommy to let him know his car was restored and ready. He drove it to his parents' house. His dad walked out of the house and wept when he saw his once crumpled, wrecked, and left-to-rust Ford Falcon sitting in his driveway, fully restored. For a fleeting minute, He was different. He was newly married again. He was young again. He was what he once was before the wreck. Restoration did that for him. Restoration did that for the family. Today we're going to look at a short-winded prophet named Zephaniah as he tells the story of God restoring his people to what they once were before the wreck. It's a heartwarming story of mercy, redemption, and of course, restoration. So if you would turn with me in your Bible to Zephaniah chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2, and let's see what God's Word would say to us today. All right, let's look together. Zephaniah chapter 3, and beginning at verse number 8. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then will I turn to the people a pure language. 
that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, until even the daughter of my dispersed shall be my my offering. In that day shalt thou not be ashamed for all thy doings, wherein thou hast transgressed against me. For then I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice in thy pride, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. It will also leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Look at Acts chapter 2, the first four verses. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Our focus verse is Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9. It says, For then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. And our focus thought in this lesson entitled God Will Restore, our focus thought is though God judges rebellion and sin, we can find restoration if we turn to him. Here we see somewhat of a confusing, not easy really quite easy to understand just pulling these uh, seven verses, six verses out of Zephaniah chapter three. But so we're just going to do kind of a, a high level look at this as we break this passage down uh, and and kind of look at it. We we see Zephaniah, he's he's declaring that God, is, he's going to judge sin. And we, we, see, we see this this pattern throughout scripture. We talked about it in our podcast last week that we, we can't turn a blind eye to sin. We can't just pretend it doesn't it isn't there and just offer forgiveness. We do have to offer forgiveness, but we, we also can understand and, and, and don't have to turn a blind eye to sin. We we have to we have to treat sin as it is. It's it's a horrible thing. It causes all kinds of there's all kinds of fallout from it. And we see here Zephaniah is talking about God is is going to judge sin. He's going to judge pride. He's going to judge this rebellion that the people of God and that the world has had against God as being the great creator, the great almighty God. And God is going to judge sin. But we, we, we see hope here. We see hope here also. In these first three verses, the Lord says that, that I'm going to pour out my indignation, even all my fierce anger. God is going to judge. God will judge sin. We can only live sin in sin long enough before the consequences, before the judgment of God is poured out. He is merciful. He is gracious. But if we continue to rebel, God will judge that. But we also see this hope, this pure language, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. He says, I'm going to turn to the people. I'm going to give them a pure language that they may call upon me to serve me with one consent. Why does God judge sin so fiercely? Why does he do that? Well, God is a holy God, and God recognizes that sin is rebellion against him and against his rule and reign in our lives. But beyond that, sin destroys, sin devours, sin kills, sin sin brings about death, and God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he ends up having to judge sin and 
treat sin harshly in order to wake people up out of their sin. But God will judge sin. So that's why God judges it so fiercely. It's because he is trying to restore to him and bring to him a people who are free from that sin and who have been pulled out of that sin, wake people up from the horrible things they're living in that are destroying their lives. He has a better way and a better plan for us. And then he goes on in verses 11, 12, and 13, and we see this we see kind of the end of it. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all this. I'm going to judge sin. And I'm going to leave people afflicted and and leave people feeling the effects of my judgment. But the end result will be they're going to trust in the name of the Lord. They're going to feed and lie down and none of them will be afraid. In the same way as godly parents correct their kids, punish their kids or correct them in a in a pure godly way in in a, in a righteous way in a way that brings about the right not out of anger not out of but out of mercy and compassion because you want to correct their wrongdoing so they will turn and do the right thing and they won't have the heartache in their life that you know will come if they make those wrong choices so what does restoration look like what does restoration look like now, we, we like to think, well, if I had things stolen from me, and kind of in our, our example where the car was wrecked and then it was restored back to its natural beauty that they once knew. Sometimes we have this idea of restoration, that I my life used to be this way and then it got wrecked, so I want it to go back to the way it was. When in fact, sometimes that's what God does. Sometimes, but but truthfully, true restoration that God has in mind is better than that. He wants to restore us not to our former selves or our former glory. He wants to restore us to his former glory, his plan, his purpose, his his desire. He wants to bring the earth back to that Garden of Eden. He, He wants to restore things back to the way he purposed and planned them and made them. So his restoration for you is even better than you can imagine. If you'll turn your heart and life over to him, if you'll get rid of the things, if we'll get rid of the things in our lives that we don't don't need to be there that are that are destroyed. God's plan for restoration is so much greater than we can even we can even imagine. But here is what this whole thing was pointing to, this pure language I'm going to give them. I want to restore them. They're, they're, they're going to be able to call on my name. They're going to be able to, to feed of, uh, out of the abundance of the things I'm going to give them. Lie down and have peace and have hope and have joy. This restoration here was what Zephaniah was pointing to. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And then we see how uh, Luke describes this scene of the rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost being poured out. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This pure language, the Spirit language was put into their lives. They were allowed to experience the Holy Ghost alive in them that brought that brings the only true restoration that there can be. So why is the infilling of His Spirit necessary? Here's why it's necessary, because it's only his spirit that can cleanse us from our sin and bring about the restoration that God wants to do in our 
lives. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the Holy Ghost alive in us, working in us, moving in us, because he wants to restore us. He wants to bring us back into relationship with him. He wants to restore all the things that have been lost because of sin and because of unrighteousness in our lives. God, God's plan of restoration is so much greater than our plan and our ideas. God has his spirit that he wants to pour out upon all of us. Joel prophesied in the last day, it should come to pass, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He wants to give us that pure language that we can call on the name of the Lord. He wants to, to, to cause us to recognize where he's brought us from so we will trust in the name of the Lord. He said, I, I, I'm going I, I to cause you to be able to, to feed and lie down and not be afraid. Doesn't that kind of cause you to, to, to think about Psalm 23? Where, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. The very beginning of that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. God wants to bring restoration. God wants to bring restoration. This leads right into the first call to action that I want to give somebody today. Do you have the Holy Ghost? I know many of you listening to this podcast today, you've received the Holy Ghost. You've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is the ultimate restoration God wants to do in you. You can receive his spirit. You can be born again in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you do that initial evidence that will show in your life, it'll be evidenced by speaking in another tongue, this pure language, an unknown a language you never learned before. That's the initial evidence. But the ongoing evidence will be the fruit of the Spirit. The ongoing evidence of the Holy Ghost alive in your life will be this restoration. It'll be this peace. It'll be this joy. So for those of you who have received the Spirit, live in that restoration. Pray in the Holy Ghost. As Jude tells us, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Make it a point every time you pray to pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't go days on end without praying in the Holy Ghost, without speaking in tongues, without speaking in that pure language, letting the Spirit speak through you. Don't let days go by without praying in the Holy Ghost and building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Secondly, I want you to be God's partner in restoration this week. Choose to be God's partner in restoration this week. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, accept the work that God's doing in your life. Some things are changed and things are moving. Some parts are being switched around. There's, there might be some upheaval in your life. Turn your heart over to him. Put your faith and focus on him. Make prayer, Bible reading, make, make uh, seeking after him daily, make it a daily part of you. And then watch God as he moves and rearranges things and wreck and understand it's a work of restoration God's doing in your life. It's a work God is doing inside of you. He's trying to complete something in you. 
So that's, first of all, how you can be a partner with, uh, in God's uh, restoration is seeking him and allowing him to do some restoration, allowing him to do what he's wanting to do. But the second way is perhaps there's somebody that's struggling. God will lead you to that you can be God's partner in restoration to them. Maybe they just need to hear somebody speak a word of encouragement to them. Maybe they need to hear that somebody is praying for them and interceding for them and that they need, to, need somebody to tell them that their failures are not final. Somebody to tell them that, that the path they're going down right now, it, it's, not, it's not leading to, to doom. It's not leading to death. It's, it, it, God is at work. In the, somebody can point them to that and allow them to help them to see that. Somebody to breathe hope into their life. Somebody to encourage them. Be God's partner in restoration this week. Be God's voice. Be God's hands. Be God's feet. Let the love of God shine through you. Be God's partner in restoration. Lord, thank you for the hope that you give. Thank you for the restoration of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the touch that you've brought to each one of us today. Thank you, God, for your presence. We can feel right now in the midst of listening to this podcast, we can feel your abiding presence. We can feel restoration coming. We know that what you're doing in us, that we might not see and understand and quite get what you're doing inside of us right now. We do know that you're working, that your hand is upon us and that you're with us. Help us to be the hands and feet of you as we are partners with you in restoration in somebody's life this week. Lead us and guide us, direct us. We will never cease to give you praise and honor and glory for what you're doing inside of us. Lead us and guide us today, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at pentecostalpublishing.com.